What is up, Mets fans? Uh, actually, I don't know. I, no, nothing's going right. So maybe maybe we switch it up here. Let James take the intro because sure, sure ain't working over here by me still doing it. So James, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. It's your time. Take over the intro for us one time. Great. Love that. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Stuff Podcast. The Mets just wrapped up another interesting series out in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., we're going to talk about it. I don't know what we're going to say about it, but we're going to talk about it because there were still a couple of good things that happened, definitely a couple of not so good things that happened. And you just, you guys all feel it. Everyone, every Mets fan feels right now. This team's in a funk and we're going to do everything we can to get out of it, starting with me doing the intro of this podcast. So if you're not following us already on social media, at MetsDub, M-E-T-S-D-U-P, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Maybe we'll start making TikToks again. I don't know. We did that for a week and we stopped. We got my co-host over here, Mark Luino, Giraffe Neck Mark. Follow him on Twitter, Giraffe Neck Mark. Usually say this at the end, but I'm just, I don't know what to do for an intro, so I'm just saying it, whatever. Change it up. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This, it was just, it was weird also because the, <laughs> the series felt like it could have been one that wound up as one of their best ones in the last couple of weeks with a really good win for the Mets on Mother's Day. Offense clicked. Max Scherzer pitched well. And then you come out on Monday, a weird four o'clock game, which is just, bizarre in its own right insane hated it hated hated a four o'clock on a monday it also like just very much screwed up my entire day because mm -hmm. i travel back to new york with my dad in the morning when he goes to work he leaves for his job in new york at like 5 30 in the morning so i'm up early i get back my neighbors are stomping around upstairs with their dog playing fetch i don't know it's like 6 30 when i get here i can't go to sleep so i'm up until like eight and then i need to get like three or four hours of sleep before i actually wake up now it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I'm like, ah, oh, the Mets game is about to be on. Got to get my day going. It's just 4 o'clock game on a Monday, horrible. 4 o'clock on a Saturday, we love it. We love it on a Saturday. I'll take a 1 o'clock almost every single day. Yeah, 4, yeah, four o'clock is different, different days of the week. Even, even a 4 o'clock on a Friday would be a pretty unique experience depending on, yeah, depending on what else was going on. But no, weird, set the whole day off kilter. And then just last year, the Mets were so good at closing these series out. Yeah. When they, and like, because you're, it just, it's baseball. Like even the best teams in the history of the game, even the best teams that like even teams that are like, you're going to lose no matter what, just lose, lose like minimum, minimum 50, 60 games a year. Just like lose them outright. We barely had a chance to win. We lost this game. And it seemed like last year, while the Mets always like every other team in baseball has one of those every series, you always found a way for the other two to be those, like those good games, those hard fought games here in position to win. You're getting your hits here and there. You got a good start. Like bullpen comes in, keeps it tight, and it's just I feel like those are the games that are just happening less and less this year, and it's just wearing on this team week after week. Oh, I mean, everybody looks and feels tight. The vibes don't feel good. The vibes feel really, really bad. There's a lot. I don't, there was a lot of uh, outside of the Mother's Day win. There were some good vibes. I will say that for sure. We got the new slap ass celebration where they get they get on second base and they give themselves a little slap on the butt there, but. There, there's like a lot of uh, looks of frustration, a lot of looks of just almost like, what what do we do? There looks like a lot of just, I don't want to say confusion, but almost um, like a little lost, I think is the way of looking of just like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what we need to do, but this sucks. It, it looks like everyone's a little down, honestly. Yeah, and there's also like, because you do get, this team does still get to those points where it's like, all right, here's going to be the big hit. Like, even, like, going through this game on Monday against Patrick Corbin, like, there were guys on base every single inning. The Mets were hitting the ball hard most at-bats. Like, there were eight hits. There were nine guys on base in the first, like, six innings. Like, usually you get all guys on base every single inning. Eventually you're going to string enough together to to get a guy home. And it's just, this one finds a glove, and that one hangs up too long, and that one sits on the warning track. Like, how many balls sat on the warning track this series? It was crazy. Oh, we had a little more Tommy humidity. But, 
Yeah, Tommy Pham, Jeff McNeil, every Jeff, uh, Brandon Nemo, all these at bats. The ball gets a warning track, and even Guillaume to end the game. It's just like where, like, where's that big break going to come? Team, this team has been so adept this year, getting eleven hits and three runs, and it's just like, <laughs> wow, like this is not, this is just not how, this is not how it's supposed to go. No, and I know like a few episodes we had talked about like the offense. I mean, like we knew that the pitching has relatively been the problem. Um, I, I think that's safe to say is that the pitching hadn't been able to step up very much for us when we needed them, especially like back into the rotation, just haven't gotten a lot of length, haven't gotten a lot of uh, innings, haven't gotten a lot of great performances. But the last few series now to the offense has been getting a little stale, has been getting a little cold. Like you said, they still get the hits. They still don't strike out. They still get on base. But the ability to actually manufacture runs, which is something that is is super important. I know like RISP is relatively speaking like luck. I know that's like the way that the outside likes to look at like the analytics. It's runners in scoring position in theory is no different than when there are guys on base. But there is definitely something happening when guys get in scoring position right now with the New York Mets because they are, I mean, they just can't do it. They can't bring in these guys. And it's also the fact that they keep having these innings where it happened a few times in the, the suspended game that was resumed on Sunday, which we'll also touch on later on because that was a crazy situation. Just situations like external of baseball are getting so lost because of just how like how crazy the baseball on the field has been. But where you get like multiple hits in an inning and find like and not score a run, like mm-hmm. if somebody gets thrown at home at home or you had three singles all were hit hard, fell right in front of outfielders and infield single when there was already like first and third or something like in front of the catcher and like. It's just like all these little things keep happening over and over again. So the runs are not scoring. Just so, all, so many singles with a guy in second that's just hit like on one hopper. And it's like, well, yep. he didn't come in. Well, all right, I'll try again next time. And then one really untimely strikeout and the whole inning is a botch. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the uh, total run scored by the Mets this year, I don't think that counted necessarily today's game. It's at 41 on fan graphs right now. Mets are 22nd out of 30 in baseball. Obviously not great. Uh, definitely need to be a little bit higher. But then like you see some weird teams around them. And I'm just going to give you a couple names and a couple stats as well. You see the Houston Astros at 171, same amount of runs scored as the Mets. That's a team you wouldn't say has a bad offense. I'm not trying to be apologetic here for the Mets offense. I think they have been struggling. I don't think they've been playing their best, especially in this series. We saw it. But then you see the Padres at 161. That's another team you probably wouldn't say has a bad offense. You see the Phillies at 173. I don't like the Phillies, but I know that they can swing it. And even the Giants, who I think have the most home runs in Major League Baseball at 173 which is bizarre. Like, I don't, it's, everyone I feel like is calling for Mauricio and Vientos to be called up. I think that's the thing that everybody on social media is asking for. A lot of Met fans probably that you are listening to this podcast right now are probably like, where Mauricio, where's Vientos? Those guys are tearing it up. I truthfully, like one, a lot of pressure to put on these kids to come up and be the answer. And I don't think that's the way to handle it for guys who Vientos we saw struggled last year at the major league level. And Ronnie Mauricio, who has never played at the major league level. That's a lot of pressure to put on these guys who have zero experience. But in the same regards, like, I I don't disagree. The guys are tearing it up. It would be cool to see if they can bring some spark a little bit to this offense. Because we both, me and you both, believe that these guys can swing it, no doubt. It's just like, that shouldn't be the answer. The, The real answer is, everybody as a whole on the team simply just has to be better. Has to be better, no matter what it is. Gary even brought it up, the crazy historical way that the Mets are playing right now with Lindor and Pete Alonso, how both are hitting under 250 right now, but both have 30 RBIs through the first 42 games, which has never happened in Major League Baseball history. I don't know what's going on, but the Mets are finding a way to manufacture runs from the guys that are supposed to do it, but then that's kind of it. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel 
cohesive. Like last no. year when the offense was clicking, it felt very cohesive. And like Lindor and Peter, like they were near the top of the league at RBIs. Like I think they're second and third in the National League behind just simply Sean Murphy, which is such salt in this whole entire <sighs> wound. But it's I don't know. It's just it's weird. Like you watch the game, and it's like again, like here's the big hit, there's the big hit, here's the big hit, and it's just it never, it just hasn't really come. And it's no. frustrating. Frustrating to watch the team day in, day out. You find, it felt like they really got something off their backs on Sunday. They broke out that celebration. It seemed like people were having a good time. The vibes were right. Lots of singles over and over again. It was still just like that, like deep down. It was like, all right, this other thing is still not there. And that's like the big, the big blast or the big, nice, nice rope down the line or just one of those. Yeah, I don't think the Mets had a home run in this series, if I was correct, right? Against the Nationals. Wow, that is crazy to think about. Even today, it- the Mets only scored three runs. They only struck out two times as a team. Yeah, I think it's actually been five games in a row now the Mets have not hit a home run, which, I mean, we need the long ball. We desperately need the long ball, and it it can't just come from Pete and Lindor. Like, they they do a fine job. Lindor's an extra base hit king this year. We know that. He's allergic to singles right now. All he does is get extra base hits, and Pete has what? Like, he's tied for the lead in home runs, I think, in Major League Baseball right now. No, he has the lead. He has 13. Nobody else has as many as Pete Alonso. But we're not getting power from really anywhere else. But then, like, you have Brandon Nimmo, who's got, like, Loki having one of the best seasons, if not the best season of his career, hitting like 330 with an 880 OPS. Jeff McNeil has been swinging the bat a little bit better. I know his average is a little bit down. Marcana had a big game on, on Sunday. Like it feels like guys are starting to hit the ball better, more consistently. But like you said, still just missing that big hit. It's just, I, I legitimately, and I, I don't know if this is even me asking you guys at home, but like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know besides just play better and get bigger hits. Is that really as simple as it is? I mean, kind of. I feel like, I know, people might be screaming at me in their cars right now or in their headphones. Like, I'm, I said it all year. I'm just, I'm just going to keep holding pat with it. I still just feel like the odds of the, the offense is it ha, it's going to positively regress. Like, there's just like, as, like, as little as the Mets have got out of some hitters who have like proven track records of at least being average hitters for extended periods of time, like being well below it. Like, those guys will get better. Like, I start, Star Marte is now in a five game with a hitting streak all of a sudden. Like, I feel like he's, he's just in the ball to, hard. He's just going to get hot because he's been in the league a very long time. This is what he's going to do. He's going to wind up the season at a spot where we usually expect him to be. Like, again, Lindor is not like giving us like what exactly what he gave us last year, but he's still been above average hitter. Pete has lots of home runs, lots of run producing hits. Like, Ken is going to get back on base. Like, Alvarez and Beatty, Beatty's been a little cold streak, but he had two nice pieces of hitting on Sunday. I saw a couple, two nice, nice hits, and one on the outside, he drove the other way. One he pulled the inside and like to uh to right field. And it was like, all right, like these guys are, there's going to be enough positive regression in the offense to get this to where it has to be. It's just you get it's hard in a series like this, a team like this, where it's just it's, it's, you don't get as much consistent pitching. It makes it really difficult to win. And like you see the games that the Mets like won this series, like they got they got good performance out of starting pitchers. Like Tyler McGill, it was it was it was as Tyler McGill starts have been this year, where it's like strikeouts, not many strikeouts, too many walks, guys on base every inning, but he just like guts out five, keeps him to like one, two, three, or four. You're like all right, let's let's get score enough runs, win the game. Max Scherzer looked looked very good. His fastball had much more life on Sunday during Mother's Day. It's just. It's hard right now, and it's it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. At, at the absolute worst right now, we need our pitchers to keep it close. And like you said, Tyler McGill, at least for us, like while that wasn't his best performance, he very much kept it close. Like you're, you're not wrong. He did gut it out a little bit while we're at the Knicks game in Miami, which is a whole whole another story. But I mean, it was it was encouraging to see Scherzer pitch as well as he did, especially coming off of the weird year that he's had. Uh, if we're gonna take a positive out of there, it was glad I was happy to see him pitch like that. Would have been nice to see David Peterson get back back on the horse, though. But I mean, it just it feels like he probably he he needs some time. He needs some time to just like not play in important games, 
the mechanics, like we've said, from what we've seen, not that we're pitching experts by any means, but the mechanics are just all over the place for a guy who's so large. It's hard to repeat your mechanics to begin with anyway. Just need him to almost even just build up the confidence again, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a little bit lost, too, of like, man, what can I do? What can I do better? Because you've been looking at the numbers, too. Like, the stuff isn't bad. It's just not working. He's just ineffective. His four-seam fastball, which is being hit significantly harder this year than it was last year. It's giving up harder hit balls. They're being hit more consistently. They're being hit. It's worse. They're being swung at less when it's outside of the zone. His it's stuff plus is much worse this year compared to last year. It has a different moving profile, has much less arm side run and a little bit less vertical rise. And it's like, I don't know, there's something wrong with it. And you look at like his release points of it this year. And last year, again, put this in, you guys to see on YouTube channel. It is perfect. It like, it was much more consistent last year. It's coming at the same spot, like 11 o'clock out of his hand, like most, most all times. And this year you look at it and it's a little bit more varied. It's a little bit mixed between 11 and 12. He's like, sometimes more on top of it. Sometimes he's not, but it's just, it's, it's something that's a little different that, wasn't this way last year because it looked like his slider as well. His slider last year was a little more repeatable, kind of when you broke it off, it was a little more between like four and five o'clock. It wasn't perfect, but it was pitch that was good. The slider still hasn't necessarily been bad this year, but this year you can see that it's very varied all around the clock where he's releasing that ball. And it's like there's some lack of comfortability right now. And then you look at the some of the um I don't know, maybe it's like just some where some other stats around these pitches. Like last year. He was throwing that four-seam fastball in the zone 56% of the time. This year's below 40% of the time. Last year, he was throwing that slider in the zone 38% 38 of the time. This year, it's over 47% of the time. The sinker, last year, was in the zone only 44% of the time. This year, it's 54% of the time. There's just a lot of things have moved around here, and it's making these pitches kind of just behave in a little different ways, and the hitters have a little bit better of a read on them. They're in the heart of the zone more. They're not being chased as much, even though they're still being chased plenty, which is also the most annoying part about it. But it's just still finding a way to leave one over the middle and let it get hit hard enough to keep an inning alive and not be able to get off the mound, not be able to finish those innings the way he seemed like he made real strides to do it last year. And you watch him week in, week out, you're like, I just this guy just needs, I don't know. I don't know what he needs. It, looked, it really felt like it took a step last year. I was really excited about him personally. Me too. I think, I think we even dubbed him like one of the most important players on this team. And then when you look at the way this season I mean, has unfolded right now, yeah, it's just like that is new difference maker. We, I mean, I don't know. we weren't technically, we weren't wrong by saying he's probably one of the most important guys because imagine if David Peterson was having a good year. We might be talking a lot differently right now. No, you, yeah, probably multiple more wins. It's like, I, like people, I don't want to make about, I don't know, people are getting really, really mad at him online. And it's yeah. definitely not, I don't know, like getting multiple DMs, people being like, is it time to, is it time to like do like, like get rid of him? It's like, absolutely not. There's no possible way. But it's also like, you watch these results and you're like, he needs, he needs something. And they tried to give him the break in AAA. And it's just the depth is being tested so harshly right now that you needed him back and we need innings. And he's at least giving innings. Yeah. We desperately like, we can talk all we want about Monday about, you know, we, we talked about the offense briefly already. Like they didn't score enough runs, 11 hits, two runs or three runs, whatever it was today. But really at the end of the day, the Mets gave up what eight today and the starting pitcher gave up five, six, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not not good enough. And you look at the Mets starting pitching numbers across the board, they have the second worst starting rotation performance-wise in baseball this year. There's there's no way around it. They're not even going to sugarcoat it. The Rockies, Royals, Red Sox are, are all higher. Even the Cardinals, who we joke about as having just such a god-awful rotation, all have better numbers right now. And I think part of it is we haven't had a lot of Scherzer. We haven't had a lot of Verlander. And we're seeing Kodai Senga still build into the picture that he is. But me and you were talking right before we started the podcast. We feel very comfortable with those three right now. Like, those guys yeah. seem good. Like, if if there's anything for us Mets fans to hold our hat on, I think it's going to be that those three will be okay. And Verlander, I think, is going to be very good. He looks looks very solid. 
but we are missing that four five and it's 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 very very important to have those last two guys because it lengthens the bullpen you don't have to use a guy like tommy hunter as much or a dominic leone you can go to the david robertson drew smith more consistently because the pitchers are going deeper and deeper into the games i mean not to rub salt in the wound again but like look at how the 2015 royals were built look at how they were built that's the exact kind of pitching that you want in a way where your starters are going to go six seven innings and then you can hand it off to the three-headed monster in the bullpen of Kelvin Herrera, Greg Holland, Wade Davis. Why, why in the world was that like the analogy and the comparison you picked? I'm not trying to because, build a pitching staff after the 2015 no, Royals. No, like, let's but see, the, patch it together with miracles. To be fair, that 2015 pitching staff did actually pitch really well. Like Edinson Volquez and Johnny Cueto yeah, were like very much still in their do. prime during that those years in 2015. Like they had they got good performances. We just we need to make sure that we have starting pitching like that's where I was going with this because we do have three really good relievers out in the bullpen. We need to get the ball more consistently for us to be able to be even more effective. And I think they would love to pitch more too, but they just haven't really been given the opportunity because there haven't been a lot of close games either way. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, the wins are close. Isn't there, isn't there starting now? The Mets have won a game by more than two runs. Oh, oh no, they, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, of course, Sunday. What do I mean? They blew it out on Sunday. Yeah. They but broke like, the yeah. I felt like they got that monkey off their back, but I talk about the stat strikeout minus walk rate a lot in the show. It's really indicative of pitcher success. Starting pitchers is really, it's really good. Really, it's pretty good relievers too. But Mets have the third, third lowest of all starting pitchers in all of the league right now. Worse than the Royals, worse than the Cardinals, worse than Nationals. Only better than the Oakland Athletics and the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, like and that's it, hard. Like that's disheartening coming from after a year where the starting pitching was so good, game after game. It was like week after week, oh, six innings, five innings, six innings. And then, again, like, this, I think the, I feel like it's kind of getting lost in the fold. This bullpen actually has been quite good this year. Yes. It's, it's been it's been a real linchpin of this team. Shout out Jeff Brigham for another solid weekend. David Robertson. Like, at least that is something that we can really hang our hats Drew, on. Uh, Drew Chains. Yeah, Drew Chains been amazing. Like the, the guys who we expected to be the big the big innings, get the big outs, they've, they've done everything that we need and more. Yeah, and that it is a problem. It has become still one of the strengths of this team. It's hard. It's hard to get that there. And the other thing is just mention is workload. Like the Mets starting pitchers have thrown the third fewest innings in all of baseball. And a huge part of that is because Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer threw like 25 combined innings in the first month of the year. If they're even 20, maybe any team in baseball, you take their one and two pitchers off the yes. team for a full month. Pitching is going to really struggle for a month. There's no doubt about that. So again, this isn't like all totally like the doom and gloom because right now we actually have those two guys in and we are, we're all going to feel a difference over these next few weeks with two very good pitchers, like being making up 40% of the games that you play like that. That's a good thing. And that's going to help help this team keep it moving. Like we're going into the season. Like we're all confident about the entire Mets team as a whole. But we said, if you were to ask someone, what's like the strongest aspect about this team? What's the most important thing about it? It would be the fact that, Oh, they have two horses in front of the rotation. And those guys are going to keep things moving every single week. And that's a huge thing. And we haven't had that yet. And now we're going to start to have that. And some of those games are going to feel a little bit better, but overall it's, it's kind of harrowing to see how, rough this starting rotation has gone compared to the rest of the league. The only starting rotations that have to run less innings are the Rockies and the Reds and the Rays. But the Rays don't really count because the Rays use an opener once, if not twice, every single week. So you kind of, and that's only four less innings. And once or twice a week, the Reds are <laughs> saying, we purposely want our starting pitcher to throw maximum two innings. Like, and then the Mets still only have four more starting pitcher innings than them. It's, it's just, it's rough. It's really rough out here. And I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, truthfully... A little speechless, a little speechless, because it's just like, I, again, I, I don't believe that this is a bad team. I don't believe this is a team that's a 500 team based on the quality of players that we have, like, especially on the offensive side. They have good players for sure. There's no doubt. And on the pitching side, like you said, we we had been missing two of our horses without a doubt to any team 
they're going to struggle. I mean, look at the Brewers. They lost Brandon Woodruff, and their season has gone downhill a little bit. That's one of their horses. Like, it affects you mightily. So, like, no, I don't think this team is bad by any means. They should not be under 500 like they are. And I, I think every single person in the organization will tell you that. I learned that this is not what they expected. But at the same time, like, we something, something's got to change, right? Because whatever has been happening has not been working. So now, mm-hmm. you know, we're 40, 42 games into the season, whatever it is, the adjustment adjustments need to start being made to improve upon the play because, like you said, now we have our two starting pitchers that are, are going to be our horses, give us innings. Beautiful, perfect. Now we have two days, hopefully a week, that we can rely on those. Lindor and Peter still driving in runs. Brandon Nimmo still getting on base. Sarah Marte swinging the bat better. Alvarez has looked fantastic. McNeil's starting to swing the bat better too. Like there's, there's the pieces there. Even Vogelback, a guy who a lot of Mets fans kind of – make him a little bit of the scapegoat here a lot of times for the offense, it feels like. But he's been great this year. Like, yeah, the power has not been there. There's no doubt. Need a little bit more power out of him. But he's been getting on base like crazy, and he's still rocking like a 130 WRC+. plus. So, like, there's there's stuff coming, but I, I'm with you guys. Like, when? When's it going to happen? I think that's what we're waiting for is, like, when is it all going to start to come together? Going back to what you said at the beginning, James, just, it doesn't feel cohesive right now. And that's no, a does. weird thing to say about baseball because it really is such an individual sport. But right now, it feels like we're lacking the the team aspect of it, of like everybody's clicking at the same time. It's also a little bit less of an individual sport for a team like the Mets, just simply because they need more guys doing things on a consistent basis Correct. to score enough runs to be able to win the game. That's, and that's that's actually really well put. I I think that's thanks. I really like that. I really like that because I mean, baseball is an individual sport, and you like there's so much talk about three true outcomes in baseball. Like even with the shift now being taken away, right? In theory, everyone brings up like you have the the Giants, who are a real three true come out, true outcome team. The Red Sox, like a lot of these good offenses per se. Um, but the Mets, because they don't really do the three true outcome, because they kind of lack that home run, extra base hit kind of thing going on. You're right. Mm-hmm. The individual game becomes a lot more team oriented because it's not just on one guy to drive in the run. You need two or three hits now to get in that run or two or three guys on base to get a, to get that run in. And again, there were a lot of innings this series and this entire season where you somehow have two or even three hits inside of an inning and you don't score a run. And yeah. that, that's kind of demoralizing day after day, especially when, again, we're, we're like what, 11 out of 13 games where your opponent has scored. No, I think it's nine, seven out of nine games where our opponent has scored the run in the, not even first in the first inning. Yeah. And we talked about as large, like the mental, the mentality of that is just excruciating. Like it to be down one nothing every single game off the bat, it's like, oh my God, this is brutal. It's tough. It's really tough playing from behind like that every single game. Uh just again, like I it it's just, we've been saying it a lot, but like just simply have to play better. Everyone's gotta play better. Um, I don't think anybody is one person is to blame for what's been going on. And I don't think any one person is to to say they've been saving the season by any means. It's just as a team, as a whole, the Mets, they got to regroup, get out of Washington, come back to New York, get ready to play the Rays, who is, it's not going to be an easy series. It's the best team nope. in baseball. It's the yep. best team in baseball. So I don't, maybe this is what wakes them up a little bit too, right? Maybe like the fact that the Rays are coming into town, they're the, they're the hot stuff in Major League Baseball. This is a team that's going to look to just absolutely smack them around. Maybe this is like, all right, we, we get a little bit of the juices going again, playing in what feels more like a, a a playoff atmosphere. I'm doing like big quotation marks here, but just like maybe that, maybe that's the spark that they need is like a team that they kind of put a target on their back rather than them being the team with the target on theirs. Cause this past month, there's been a lot of teams that they're supposed to be better than that. They have not beat. 
And uh, I just did some quick math here. The Mets, also, it's just it's so funny. It's just so emblematic of the way the season is going. The Mets in this series struck out in the games five, seven, nine, and two times. So the game where the Mets' offense was the best <laughs> was their game where they struck out the most. But for, for four games, they only struck out 23 times, which is unbelievable. That that hurt me a lot because I guessed 68 last week and you guessed 60. Well, the National struck out 31 times in the series. So yeah, that's, that's a clean 54. That's a 54 strikeouts in four games between two teams. That is... A ridiculous number, but hey, hats off to you. He's not taking the lead, six five lead in estimate, which I haven't I haven't been behind an estimate very often over the last year. No, so this is this is this is definitely a new experience. But what does John have for us this week? Here we're missing John again. He's out in Boston doing some stuff. I don't know, Fenway Park, I guess. I, I don't know. Who knows? John, we know we know he doesn't listen to us. So what's what's gonna be our code word for this episode, James? We got one to see if he listens. Yeah, uh, come quat, come quat. All right, John, if you if you hear come quat, shoot us a text, but. I don't think you're going to. So, yeah. If anyone knows a John around the ballpark, hey John, come quat. Yeah, just just shout it at him. Shout it yeah. at him. But he said total innings pitched uh, by any relievers in the series, and part of the reason was because the Tampa Bay Rays love to use the bullpen, and they love a good opener, including for the first game of the series with Jalen Beeks going on the mound, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't. I mean, I'm looking at the matchups right now. Uh, so yeah, it? so we would have to. So predict- disheveled by the Mets. So it's just like oh. oh. Yeah, I mean, it's uh. Yeah, disheveled is a good word. Disheveled is a good disheveled. way to explain how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, they got right now on the schedule is Chirinos, Fleming, and there's an opening on Wednesday. But is that could, that could be Taj Bradley coming back up to the bigs? Yeah, but Beeks know. is Beeks is starting tomorrow. He's gonna they're opening with Beeks. Yeah, and I'm seeing no or I have I, then so it's gonna be a, Be- a Beeks Chirinos mix, and then yeah, probably another thing on Thursday with Fleming. But also the Rays pitching is coming to the series. Also pretty tired. Like they've they've signed multiple guys off the scrap heap this year. They've rotated through a lot of guys in their minor leagues. Like they're they're really reeling right now in terms of pitching depth, and it's because they just lost Drew Resmussen possibly for the rest of the year. Which I guess we're doing the preview now instead of doing the estimate. But I'll, well, I guess I'll explain this after. Just, let's let's yeah, do let's just how pick many, a number real quick. How many pitches by, by both teams? Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta do some quick math in my head. Yeah. I'm going to go. There's a three game series, right? Yeah. Man. I'm going to say. Okay, I got my number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, got it. Number. And you know what? I'm really hoping that a lot of these innings are by the Rays. I'd love. Ooh, nothing nothing more than I'd love to see a complete game by a Mets pitcher. Oh, ooh. my God. <laughs> that'd get me going. Wait, so this is like. So we're kind of thinking out of. I'm getting so confused right now. Like out of 54 innings, there's going to be in this series. Like, how many are going to be pitched by relievers? Yeah. No. All right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got my number. Correct. I hate my number now. Now that you said 54, I hate my. <laughs> we got it. We got it. I, right. I, I kind of hate mine too. I'm going with it. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Show it. I've got. Whoa! Oh. 21 and 20. Wow. All right. So Mark, me, 21, James, 20. 20. And I wrote mine on a post-it note in my child on my childhood desk in my parents' house in Westfield. Mark wrote his on a piece of cardboard with what looks like a marker. Yes, with a perm, uh, dry erase marker. I've got all. Look at all the estimates that are on this one here. It's just I, I don't have paper. So I don't really. Have, I don't. Yeah, what am I gonna have paper for? Yeah, you don't write. You're not. You're not. You're not one who writes. I'm. I'm. I'm a digital man. Paper is analog. <laughs> I'm a digital man. That's 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 for forty-five year old John Bear. <laughs> yeah, John, 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 John's analog. How, how much paper do you think John has in his his house? Oh, piles of it everywhere. Tons John probably John probably keeps files on deck. 
Oh, he's definitely got a file bin, right? File cabinet. Oh, definitely. Maybe. Oh, but he did just move. Usually when you move, you get rid of stuff Ooh. like that. But I could definitely see John being the one who's like bringing three boxes of papers he's never going to touch again. Big, big manila envelopes. Yeah. I, I can imagine he's got a lot of manila envelopes in his uh, office, wherever it is. But yeah, that is the estimate. I've taken the lead, which is nice. Uh, but uh, six and five. I'd like to get a little more more of a lead on James here. I think we've also decided that the first half punishment, we're going full, full jersey to the game, right? That's finished. We're yeah. just deciding that. I think I think unless someone in the next maybe well until until one month until June fifteenth if we can't get a better punishment from somebody before June fifteenth and I've got a bunch in my inbox right now so if you guys can think of any or just tweet them at us at Matt Stubb or just at one of us any good punishment for the estimate but right now wearing the full kit is totally in the lead click clack cleats eye black baby eye oh, eye blacks going on the eye black eye blacks going on so. Let's go ahead and talk about that Ray series. Uh, this is a team that is near and dear to our hearts. Yes. Ray's <laughs> Definitely. Up. Uh, I saw, I was at the 2020 World Series during the COVID year to root on the Rays. Uh, of course, I brought my bad luck, which is just, I'm sorry, Rays fans, for that one. Do love the Rays. Love the Mets a lot more, obviously. Still my favorite team. But boy, oh boy, do you just got to respect what that team and organization does year in and year out. They're amazing. They're amazing. There's just simply no way to put it. And this team is really, really good, and it's not going to be an easy series. No, the Rays are incredible. And it's kind of funny because I feel like most of what the Rays have gotten their lore for and like become famous for over the last few years is having like the pitching magic or the pitching science or the pitching laboratory. But if you look at the Rays up and down right now, they are, pound for pound, probably the best offensive team in all of baseball. They Mashing. hit the... They hit the ball hard. They hit a lot of home runs. They make a lot of good contact to keep the ball in the air. They barrel the baseball. It's all just everything the Rays do is amazing. The Rays have hit 81 home runs this year. The team with the next most is the Dodgers with 68. Dude, have you seen their WRC Plus compared to everyone else on the season? I'm looking at, yeah, 141. 141, the next highest is 117. They have a 25-point cushion. They're 25% better than the second best offense in baseball. Yeah, they're unbelievable. I mean, every organization should strive to get the production that the Rays do. And even with that, the Rays are fourth in the league with stolen bases at 39. They are, as it lows right now, they are kind of towards the back end, like middle of the pack and strikeout rate, 19th highest strikeout rate in all of baseball. Like they are doing things the offensive side of the ball right now that is kind of unquestionably some of the best in the league. And that starts at the top of their order with Yandy Diaz, Randy Rosarena and Wanda Franco. Right now, probably the best three-headed monster in the entire show. What these guys have done this season so far is ridiculous. Wanda Franco, we, we like to call him something off air that I don't think I'm gonna say on the show, but he's he is he's like he's like the saving grace of baseball. He is what You're not gonna call and, him it? I don't think you think you right, whatever. I'll just say it. If, yeah. you know, if you don't like it, cut it out. Wanda Franco's baseball Jesus. Yeah. Wanda Franco is what, 20, even he's a right the right age of maybe 21 or even 22 right now. He hits the ball hard. He's like from last year to this year, he's made such incredible strides as a baseball player. First of all, statistically, he's the best minor league player basically ever in terms of his power <laughs> production, his strikeout rate, how much better he was in league average, especially when you weight that for how young he was at every single level. A 20 years old in AAA, Wander Franco, the 150 WRC plus with 12% strikeouts, 8% walks, 313, 372, 583 slash. That was all the way back in 2021 AAA, and he got called up that year. And he's been, he's been a good player when he got called up. Like Even when he came up, people were kind of giving him a little crap for playing 70 games and only hitting 70 home runs with a 290 batting average, a 20-year-old in major leagues, being like, oh, this guy doesn't have the star potential everyone said he was, and he was the best prospect ever. And the Rays saw it was enough, though, to give him, what, over $150 like million yeah. off that? The yeah. biggest contract they've ever given by a large margin. $182 million of guaranteed money to Wanda Franco, who also is so sure of himself and his talent and what he is in the league, that he has the Major League Baseball logo tattooed on his neck 
You guys should take a look at it. Javi Baez has it too, but Javi Baez has it kind of as like a barcode in the back of his neck. Wander <laughs> Franco has it right here, right where Vladimir, right where Vladimir Gutierrez has the spider web. He is like, <laughs> I am Major League Baseball. That is why he is baseball Jesus. But right now, he has seven home runs in just 40 games this year. On pace for almost 30 of them. 12 stolen bases to go along with that with a 300 batting average. He is unbelievably just so good at baseball like and even in the field like you everyone saw that highlight that viral highlight of him two weeks ago where he got the ball second base it looked like kind of came up on him a little bit didn't grab it right so he tossed in the air gave a spin took a crow hop and just gunned the guy out at uh at first like he can do anything and then you bring it back to randy rosarena who's become one of the most clutch like figures in the league over the last couple of years 10 homers already in 40 games like the biggest power output of his career so far 320 average 171 wrc plus he right now is having the same offensive output as ronald acuna and then you have Yandy Diaz, who's like year after year, gets a little bit better, hits the ball super hard. Now he's pulling it in the air. Like this team, they're really good. And then Josh Lowe, Brandon Lau, uh, Isaac Preyes is hitting well. Like they have this Taylor Walls right now is hitting as well as as Jordan Alvarez in terms of power production. Like they're they I, I don't know what they do. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. All these guys are ridiculous freaks right now, and it's 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 definitely a minefield to get through this batting order, and it really starts with those guys at the top. Yeah, uh, they just brought in Jake Diekman as well to add to that bullpen, who's filthy, who's nasty. They uh, they just have a really good team. Their record is what? They're 31-11, and 11, which is pretty good. It's a pretty good record, <laughs> I would say, through the first 42 games of the year. Um, their, their playoff odds are 99.9% right now. They're, like, yeah, they're making the playoffs. Like, if you watch this team, they're very good. Um, I Listen, it's going to be really <laughs> tough. It's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. The Mets, like, in, we're, we're struggling with the Nationals. We're struggling with the Tigers. Like, it's, there's, no, there's no hiding it. If you want to beat the, the Rays, we're going to have to play perfect baseball. We're going to have yeah, to play no. perfect baseball. We're going to have to really hope that the Mets team from the beginning of 2022 shows up. Because that, that 2022 Mets team can put up a fight with this Rays team and beat them for sure. Even but the baseball that we have been playing can't happen. Even the Mets, have, as of a month ago, the Mets took a series in the Dodgers, who have the best record in the National League. Like this is not like this team is not incapable of success. No. Like Justin Verlander is pitching on Tuesday. Cody Sang is pitching on Wednesday. Tyler McGill versus Josh Fleming in a matinee on Thursday. Like you can again. The Rays team has not. Again, we're we're kind of harping on the hitting right now because Rays team has struggled pitching wise for a little bit. And that's most because of durability. Drew Musin was having a massive breakout year. Looked like a potential Cy Young candidate. He went on the IO with a flexor. It was a flexor strain, right? A flexor yeah, tendon flexor strain. strain yeah. Friday afternoon out of nowhere. Jeffrey Springs broke out of the gates looking like an impact starter. He's getting Tommy John surgery. We're missing Shane McClanahan, and who's been incredible, completely lights out, and Zach Eflin in the series, who's been incredibly consistent and a guy that I've always, I've always just dreamed on Zach Eflin. Oh my God, <laughs> Zach Eflin's so good, man. Zach Eflin, Zach Eflin, twice in his career now has made these massive jumps. Where first he didn't have, he didn't have use of his knees for the first like mo- for most of his life, first like twenty something years of his life. Got double knee surgery, got the use of his knees, starting following through, got three miles an hour out of nowhere after already being a professional baseball player, and then he got to leave the Phillies and go to a team like the Rays, who are pitching geniuses and can tell him exactly how to sequence, exactly how to uh, get the most out of every single pitch. And now he looks awesome. Started in, started out. He's great he's giving consistent innings they literally gave him the most money they've ever given a pitcher in the history of their franchise just literally and like we know it's not spectacular like, I, I gush about these pitchers that we, you guys know are not spectacular i gush about them because like what they are and like what they can do for a team and the fact that he's out there every five days just being like i'm gonna give you innings to hold this clue together while we can mix in openers and three inning guys and five inning guys and all this crazy stuff with mclanahan at the top and supposedly you know springs and um resmussen but they're also gonna get tyler glass out back <laughs> soon taj bradley oh. might come up and pitch a game in this series god bless you and you. I don't know. It's just a lot. They're gonna you got you got buckle down. We're again we're missing those two guys. 
And right now, their bullpen is, a, is kind of a lot of guys who've been thrown together. Jake Diekman just called off the street. They just caught Javi Guerra, who had great stuff this year. He looked like really good in his spurts. Peter Fairbanks not uh, pitching right now. Yeah, great highlight from Jason Adam over the weekend. Looked all he gave up a game-winning home run to Aaron Judge that got caught at the warning track. But you know, Jalen Beeks, like Josh Fleming, like Yanni Chirinos, like this is, you can hit these guys. Like if you're gonna beat the Reds this week, let's go score with them. Let's go have some fun. Hundred uh, percent. It's gonna we're, gonna we're gonna need some good baseball. And I mean. They're capable. They're so capable of playing good baseball. That's, I think, where we probably get the most frustrated as a Mets fans is we know that this team should not be playing as poorly as they are. They're not living up to expectations. I think that's where the frustration comes from. Just really hope it turns around soon. I think it can. I think it can. Schedule's not going to get any easier than it just was, though, unfortunately. So it's got to happen sooner than later. And uh, hopefully it does soon. I don't know. I got, I got nothing else to say, James. Do you? I got nothing else to say. You want to take the outro, too, this time? I'll take the outro. Might as well. Hey, if you guys like what you're listening tonight, you got to follow us at MetsUp, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Almost forgot that one. If you want the YouTube channel? Check it out on the Mets official YouTube channel. If you want YouTube, if you want to watch the YouTube video, check it out on the Mets official YouTube channel. What else do you usually say in the outro? Follow me on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. Follow Mark at Giraffe Mark with a C. There you go. And I mean, hey, I guess that's it. Like, that's, yeah, keep your head up, guys. It's going to be beautiful weather these next couple of days. Like, head to the ballpark. It's going to be beautiful out there. See Justin Verlander make his Mets debut. Watch Wanda Franco, a.k.a. Baseball Jesus, up close <laughs> and personal because he's a marvel. Randy Rose Rain is pretty fun. You got to get hot sometime. It's going to happen. That's it. Start feeling good. Yeah, start feeling good. We need some positive vibes here, and hopefully the Mets turn around sooner than later. That would be uh, be really nice, especially for us on the podcast. Love to, love to be positive. Have, have a great episode for you guys. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching whatever you did. We'll catch you guys after the Rays series for the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out.